Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations. Z, we're talking about the environment, and we're not talking about climate change or big-time environmental disaster. We're talking about creating a healthy environment for existing, for getting through life, for supporting our physical health or mental health or emotional health. And the reason this topic came up, I got back to New York, as you know, we did this big family trip recently, saw you and your family a bunch of times, uh, spent time at Dharma, which was great. We also took a trip to Hawaii. Uh, So we were out there for my dad's birthday and had this big family trip, went to Maui, which was just this beautiful location, spent a lot of time on the beach, out by the pool. I was tan, I was feeling grounded with the family, I was spending a lot of time outside, getting a lot of exercise, and I just felt great. I mean, I was sleeping well, my mind was relaxed, I was spending less time on the cell phone, I was away from social media, I just felt clear. In fact, I felt like I was elevating, that my consciousness was literally lifting up just being out there for those few weeks. And then I come back to New York, and in the last week or so, I've literally felt physically ill. I mean, I feel kind of like a caged animal. We've got a nice apartment here by New York standards, but it's still an apartment, so I'm not exposed to fresh air. I can't step outside any time that I want to. Uh, back in the environment of seeing what's happening with emails, with texts, uh, getting back on social media. Family's been away, so I've missed that, which for me is a stabilizing influence. And I haven't been sleeping as well. Uh, So part of it, I've been productive. I've been doing a lot of work. I've been doing a lot on the music side, but I haven't been resting as well. And so all of this has come together, and even talking to you now, not your fault, not even Caitlin's fault this time, but I'm feeling a little bit off. I've got a headache. I'm feeling kind of ill. Uh, this feeling, I had it for a few days and went away, and now it's coming back. And because of that, I'm just contrasting what's happening now to the experience I had for two and a half weeks being on vacation and how much better I felt and how much more vibrant I felt. I mean, now I kind of feel like this organism in decline at this particular moment. So it got me thinking about environment. Now, clearly, we're not going to be on vacation all the time. We've got stresses that we have to deal with. We have real-world obligations. There's only so much that we can control. But given what we can control, what do we do about it? How do we create an environment, so physical surroundings uh, that are beneficial to our health? And uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but uh, we've talked previously, Z, about uh, things like food supply, water supply, what are we putting in our bodies, That's another area that we should touch on in this conversation. How do we create that right environment? And then you also talked about an environment, I-N, environment. How do we create the right internal conditions so that we're not walking around just feeling mad all the time or stressed all the time or uptight, where we can flow, uh, we can free the mind, uh, we can feel like we're at peace, and we can go through this life and actually enjoy the time that we have. And it's funny, Z, because I talked to friends The other thing that's happened, I've come back, I've run into people that I hadn't seen for a bit of time, and I've got friends who are depressed, and it's it's just sad to see, and it's almost like people cannot stand to be with themselves. They can't stand to be with their own company for even a single moment, so they're always looking for some escape. And as I think about that, you know, if we're escaping through alcohol or drugs, or we're escaping uh, through just whatever the endless scroll is on our newsfeed or social media, or we're always running out from one activity to the next because we can't just sit still. That, to me, speaks to the environment that you mentioned, and I really like that phrase. Uh, if the environment is so toxic, we're always looking to run away, we're never going to be at peace. So we have to fix both the environment and the environment. Z, you're going to tell us how to do it, so why don't you kick us off? Then everything goes to our basic formula, folks, is identify, process, and integrate. Identifying by understanding and having clear narrative and defining that narrative of what is your environment, E-N, and your environment, I-N. So your environment starts on a very um, subtle level within you, 
um, the thoughts that you, and you, the thoughts that you invest in, the thoughts that you explore, uh, how your mind actually creates our reality, as the great um, sages of, of of the past would tell us, it's all an illusion, and not like we think the illusion. What the illusion is is our brain is an amazing device that, through chemical reactions in our brain, it colors, fragrances. Uh, hears our reality, filters things out, allows certain things in, and we frame our reality that way. And that reality, because it is so malleable, is sub subject to harassment and molestation by certain external forces that then come in and we process them a certain way. So <clears throat> to start with, having that ability to be with yourself, uh, it is very unhealthy. It is a metric of unhealthiness when you can't be still with yourself. Children have trouble with it because they're still processing the new world they're in. Up until the time a child is about uh, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, they're still processing a lot of new information about the world. But up until that period of time, you'll notice that there are certain children that can sit alone by themselves and enjoy themselves for hours playing things or doing whatever they do. And it's only when you come in and you disrupt that, that, that sheath of reality they have, when you tear into it, then it kind of opens up everything and they want to do more, know more, whatever. I remember a cousin of mine's telling Drona <clears throat> that we knew kids who had a, a, a oatmeal box and a stick and that was the only toy they had. And they could do thousands of things with an oatmeal box and a stick. And Drona was, was just surprised because he has so many toys and he's always looking for more stuff to do, which is something I did. So that environment is where all your imaginings come from, all your views, your ideas, the place that you dwell in meditation and that you feel at peace with. And then when you do share it, it's often a very intimate sharing of only the closest people can be in your quiet space. So I would say the environment, the I environment, is the quiet place in your heart that you can always go back to. And when you can always go back to that, there's a stillness about. Again, that stillness is a consolidation of inertia. It's not stagnation. It's you pull the whirlwind of things into a small, concentrated, almost an atomic mass atom-sized mass of pure energy, and you can dwell in there forever. You can stay in that place forever, and you only come out of there as a necessity to the temporal world. So we want to develop that part of our environment. That's why reading books and studying and, and educating yourselves in just a few minutes or a few hours of a day in a topic of interest or something that brings you joy that has nothing to do with the outside in environment. So let's work on our environment first and then slowly as that environment creates its own centripetal gravity, that drawing gravity, then you can explore the outworld, outer world environment and enjoy it, but know that you can always go back home. Home is in your heart. It's deep in the core essence of you. And what's really nice when you have a healthy environment, I environment, is that when you share that part of you, you bring more to the potluck of humanity. You bring a lot more to the table. You're a much more interesting and uh, well-charactered individual that you're not out there looking for someone to feed you. You're not looking for others to make you, design you, approve of you, um, placate you, entertain you. You won't hear from a person that has a healthy environment. You won't hear from them, I'm bored. Let's, you have any ideas? I'm bored. That's a sign of unhealthiness. If you get bored, there's something wrong with you. Einstein even mentioned that in one of his books, that with the vastness of the internal environment, just the movement of the mind, the creativity, the intellectual um, wondering, the development of ideas and thoughts and art that goes on within in the environment of a person could last hundreds of lifetimes. 
And when you share that, when you go outside and you go into the outer environment and you connect or exchange, there's so much more going on. An example of that, Vin, is if you meet one of these people that's always looking for stimulation, they never bring anything. They're draining. They're very draining to be around. Entertain me. Impress me. Make me happy. Caitlin and I were talking about a TV show that she loves called Somebody Matchmaker, Indian Matchmaker. Indian Matchmaker. Just a horrible show. I can't stop watching it. It's a train wreck of humanity. And there's a woman on there who is constantly looking for somebody that meets her standards. But she is of the lowest of standards. She's not someone that you really brings anything to the table, huh, Caitlin? And it's an example of a person that has nothing inside. That that atomic reactor of environmental nurturing and cultivation that went centripetal, went inward, doesn't exist. And you'll meet people like that that haven't worked on their inner self because they're so busy measuring themselves by an intangible outward environment that there's nothing inside. And we want to really work on that so when it's quiet, when the day is over, when the sun has set, that you know you feel good. I'm okay right here. If I do something, it, 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 it's an accessory to my life, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't add to me. So I, it's hard to disappoint those people. They, oh, I want to go to the movies. You want to go to the movies? Yeah, if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. Because, you know, it's a movie, and I got a movie going on in my heart and my mind. I have your company. I have myself. I'm okay with that. So we want to have that environment. Then that expresses how we interact with our outward environment. So we tend to enjoy parks and we tend to enjoy nature. And there's research done on nature walks are so healthy. Living near nature, people tend to be healthier on all metrics than people who live far from nature. So when you talk about, for example, living in New York in an apartment, that's unhealthy. You manage it the best of your ability. I don't care how nice the apartment is. It's still an apartment in a cesspool. So I'm not knocking New York. I'm not, because there's, I've been in New York. I've been to rural New York up by, um, uh, what is it? Uh, whatever the outer parts of New York are. What do you call that? Where Sleuth is from. Where's he from? And there's forest and there's all that kind of stuff. I'm Vin. You know those places that are way outside of town and there's trees and there's rivers and there's environment. Yeah, it's not even that far away. I mean, you can go an hour outside of New York and uh, you can go to upstate New York, which is farther away. But uh, Sleuth was in Poughkeepsie, uh, which uh, I think is just an hour and a half outside of the city. Uh, in fact, we went, we went to a bed and breakfast. It was about an hour away. It was very nice. Yeah, and so those are the things that you want to connect to in your outer environment, but your inner environment has to be okay. Because you know your, your inner environment is, is unhealthy when you need chaos, when you need the rude smells, the abrasive sounds, the icky textures of things, the sticky table of a highly used public venue. Um, dodging the rodents and the, the walking insane. And that's giving you stimuli. But that stimuli isn't growing your internal environment. Right? Um, then you're inviting into your environment, let's say, uh, polluted water, genetically modified foods and microplastics. So the substance of your body that is sheathing that internal reactor that dense energy in your body is, itself is unhealthy. And so you feel agitated. So you tend to go then go more outward looking for some fulfillment that you will never find, as we talked about before. So I would say the way that you cultivate that, again, is through steady intelligence. Be interested in learning and exploring the simple things in life. Having crafts and skills that you know. I know so many people that have no useful skills. I always say, what is your survival index to people? I look at what is your survival index, your survival quotient, as they say, like an IQ intelligence quotient. What's your survival quotient? If there was nobody to come to your aid and the phones went out, what would it take for you to be here, to get from point A to point B? 
like I'm teasing Caitlin, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to show her how to put on the brakes of the car. I was explaining that just how brakes work. They didn't know how brakes work. It's not true. And how's it not true? I, I understood how brakes on bikes work. And I was able to correlate. See, there you go. So that's halfway good. But now I want her to understand that she shouldn't drive around with a car with no brakes. Worn out brake pads, <laughs> nothing like that. She's just going, going, hoping that it'll stop. Just She pray stops it. And so those are things you just want to know how things work because you understand the consequence. You understand the, the, the relationship to things. How do these things relate? Because most things in our known universe have a correlative and a relationship. An action, for every action, there's an opposite reaction, right? Th th we can't do without it. So when you don't maintain yourself, this is what a, a used car salesman told me one time. He said he can tell the quality of the mechanics of a car by looking at how well the interior of the car was kept. I said, wow, that's a hell of an observation. He said, because people typically who keep their car clean also often do regular maintenance on their car. Did you know that? Isn't that interesting? Your car is filthy. Just at the moment, I did get it done. And you're, you don't have brakes and stuff hangs. You have a hoopty bucket. You let things go. That's just the point he was making. The more you let things go, the more things are let go. And the general overall condition of that thing is diminished. That applies to an environmental thing. Environment. I am. That applies to us. The more we let go of little things, the greater the degeneration of larger things. So we keep letting things slide, even with our behavior, right? When we aren't courteous. I think about that because it's something I try to do because maybe I'm not naturally that way. I try to be courteous to people and I find a great reward in showing people reverence, even if it's labored. And the comeback on it is you have less conflict with people. You tend to be able to go back to people and they have a positive view of their interaction with you and that makes your life easier. You know what I'm saying? And so when we work on our environment, we're just observing and noticing people's presence. It's an exercise I do in a restaurant. I always engage the wait staff. I always do that. And I did it for very basic reasons. I don't want people to spit in my food. So I typically try to make connections with them in a positive way. I often make sure they see me give a tip, right? Just because for me, when I go back in, I want everything to be okay. And what they do, they give me free cookies and stuff, right? I get free stuff. But that's a side benefit. But the real benefit is to me that I am doing what I can internally to be what I want my external world to be. And I think that's a way we start with that. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, it's an interesting point, and I think you're right that the external does mirror the internal. So if we're in a state of disorganization and dysfunction, probably the way that we maintain the external environment is going to be similar. We're not going to be organized. We're not going to be on top of things. We might not be on time. Maybe we don't keep our word. We don't follow through. Uh, so I can see how that relates what I want to get into, Z, we talked quite a bit about the internal environment, about making sure that we've got interests, we've got hobbies, we can be present, we've got that ability to just be with ourselves. In fact, on one of our previous podcasts, I'd shared that advice that I'd gotten uh, from the grave, uh, from my grandmother. Uh, my mom told me this story long after my grandmother had passed away about how she told my mom when my mom first came to this country and was feeling very lonely that you have to learn how to be content with your own company. And I think that's what you're getting at with the internal environment. We need an environment that uh, we are not trying to run away from and always uh, trying to escape. Uh, we need a baseline condition that is satisfying. It's rewarding to just be on this planet, to just exist, uh, to take delight in our routines, our day-to-day -day activities, our interactions. Uh, so that makes sense to me. It also makes sense that if we get that internal house in order, that's going to impact the external. And we're probably going to be more careful about the things that we put in our body, uh, about limits that we erect. So are we 
making sure that we're not spending hours a day on the screen? Uh, are we putting good routines into place so that we can wind down at the end of the night and we can sleep and get some rest? Uh, but I want to go into this a little bit more, this concept of the external environment. And part of it is you told me something that I found shocking. So you told me about the water supply and how people in the Midwest are drinking water and that water has lead in it. And that can actually lower IQ points by 40 IQ points. Uh, 40 IQ points is a huge amount. It takes you from average to someone who can't even function, who can't tie their shoes and get through the day. Uh, and that's just from the water, not to mention uh, things like uh, the chemicals uh, from different products that we use, uh, not to mention genetically modified foods. Uh, so there's, it, it seems to me, Z, as I go through the checklist, there are, perhaps there is a checklist of things that we need in the external environment uh, just to make sure that we're baseline healthy and that, that healthiness is going to translate into more effectiveness. It's also going to feed back into our mental health. It, what are some of those things? I mean, are there some basics that we can talk to our audience about? Like, these are the things that you need to have in line uh, externally, uh, just to make sure that you've got a healthy environment. Well, yeah, I, I think on the basic, when you get to your basic living environment, um, in the world we live in right now, as things are, as there are these environmental common dangers, which are showing socially the effects. You stand back and you see the obesity epidemic, which is a real big marker of the problems of a society and other health issues. What do you do in your own immediate environment within the scope of your movement? So the first thing is we all have to, we all need water. You got to filter your water. Do not drink tap water anywhere. Um, that starts because, see, the waters are so filthy and they have chemicals. Those things affect your behavior. Our reality is based on neuro, our neurochemistry, our neurophysiology, which is all manners of chemicals in various proportions that have a fine balance for us to adjust to our known world. <clears throat> and just like if you put drugs in the water supply or you put uh, psychedelics in the water, you would be affected. You couldn't drive a car. But what if you're drinking this lead and you're trying to uh, really work with your intellectual growth and development, executive function? And we know without a shadow of a doubt that lead affects the intellect. So you got to filter water. Fluoride is a poison. <clears throat> the other day there was a fluoride spill in one of the towns off of the highway, and the fluoride ate through the cement. The fluoride was headed to the water treatment plant. So whatever is in fluoride that's supposed to stop cavities, just go on and floss and brush. You know what I mean? Don't rely upon your water to keep your teeth healthy. Just go on and floss and brush. Get the round electric toothbrush. That really works. If not, they have a lot of cheap electric toothbrushes. You can get them online and go on and floss. There's a water pick or water jet to clean your but don't do fluoride. Get a water filtration system. There are a few hundred dollars, and don't, don't do that. Even do your best to avoid certain plastic bottles of water that are cheap with the microplastics in it because they have gender morphing chemicals in addition to um, uh, neurodegenerative chemicals in them. So you would find yourself losing intellect and being uh, gender ambiguous, which is what we're seeing all around, and it promotes obesity. So <clears throat> that's something you could do. The next thing in your environment, of course, I have an air filter that I run all the time. Again, we're not all paranoid and all that. I'm trying to do everything right. I, I slip up. But we have an air filter, and if you could see the stuff that's in that filter in a clean home, imagine people who are sleeping with random types of wild animals. They have dogs, cats, rats, ferrets, and all sorts of things. And that's like Caitlin. It's like uh, Noah's Ark in Caitlin's house, you see, with the animals running around. You got the monkey pox. Uh, uh, I have a buddy that owns a pet hospital, and he was telling me horror stories about the human ailments that are being passed on the pets and then back to humans because of now we have a society where people are commonly sleeping with their pets 
Um, the pets are involved in every intimate aspect of their life. You go to grocery stores, you have to step through animal uh, waste uh, while you're shopping or potentially getting attacked by uh, a rogue uh, rescue traumatized animal or something. Um, so you want to be aware. You want the air filter to have fresh air in your home. You can't breathe. You can't think. Your body is suffocating. So those are things. Um, I learned something interesting from the laundry guy. I bought a new laundry machine. And he was saying that the older laundry machines, are, if you don't clean them, that there's a unique type of fungus that grows in these machines that cause eczema and all sorts. I didn't even know that. So a lot of these people are having skin problems, even though they might be using the healthy soaps because their washing machine has some sort of weird scum and slime that could survive high temperatures and bleach. And it gets on your skin. So these rashes you're seeing people with, these uh, vitiligo type things, uh, sores. He said, so you have to clean your washing machine on a regular. I didn't even know that. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. You have to clean your washing machine. They have something you throw in your washing machine that kills this bacterium and fungus. So again, I'm telling you guys a lot, but I'm sharing this based on what I'm learning and you can take ownership because we are in a difficult time anyway. It's a high stress time. I want us to eliminate things that assault us that we have control over in this modern society. We don't live in the forest. We're not being rejuvenated by trees and nature. So we have to do a little extra because that's how we evolve. It'd be different if we lived in an open air. You lived on a farm. You had a spring somewhere and the water came up. You eating organic, fresh food. You had fresh air. We don't. We're, bringing, we're breathing in uh, smoke and, and COVID and monkeypox, God knows what else. Uh, you got stuff in the water. You take a shower. Uh, a lot of that is filtered toilet water in your shower. So you need a filter on your shower. And if you don't believe it, buy a cheap filter, one of those $20, $30 filters online. Put that shower head on your shower and see the difference in your skin after you do it. You would be scared at the stuff that comes off your skin from clean water when it touches your skin and all that icky stuff breaks off. You're not putting another layer of filtered toilet water on yourself from your shower system or leaded water or something like that. I had a, I had a shower filter that I bought at, 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 at one of the local stores. And in, in three weeks, I turned on the water one day and it was barely coming out because the shower was plugged. Uh, it was, it was, the filter was overwhelmed. So I turned the filter up and the shower head exploded. And what came out of it was so rancid and odorous that it made my eyes water and my nose started to burn. Whatever it had been filtering out. So I collect that stuff up and threw it away in the garbage. When I threw it in the garbage, the flies wouldn't go in the garbage can. Whatever it was that was in that water, the flies wouldn't go in the garbage can. So I got a bigger filter, a more expensive one. That, that, that monitors and it lets you know. So I'm talking to the opt-outs and we're just going to hunker down. This is going to, we're going to do what we got to do. The next thing you got, your, you got, you, you're creating the best environment. See, your home is your sanctuary. So don't feel shy about creating a healthy environment in your home. You got the good vacuum cleaner so you're not dragging stuff off the soles of your feet in your house. Don't wear shoes in your house anyway. But if, you, if you're going to come in your house, Make sure you got that good vacuum cleaner that pulls up any of the stuff that you've dragged in off the street. And the next thing is sourcing your food, right? Sourcing your food properly is very important. Um, most of the organic stuff is a lie. I think they have a rule that if it's 33% organic, they can list organic. Really study the food, and if it doesn't look right, it probably is not right. If your lettuce and parsley looks like it's plastic, it looks so good, it looks so pretty, uh, it, it might not be what you think it is. And um, don't just go by uh, taste. Think about the nutritional value of what you're eating. Whenever I do my smoothie in the morning, I throw a handful of healthy spinach. You wash it off. Healthy spinach, you got to wash because I don't trust the people washing the food. God knows they might be using that same shower water 
to pre-wash the veggies. So let's put a little more energy in and go on and, and wash. They even have a veggie wash that kills a lot of these estrogen and microplastics, gets them off your food. And I throw a handful of that in my smoothie every day so I get all my healthy greens, all my nuts, my polyphenols. I make sure I get a daily dose of that. And, um, and, and that's kind of it. But the way that you clean your house, the products you use, very important. So your home is the first part of your environment. It's the only part of your external environment you have control over. So really check your filtering, the products you use. Um, again, the washing machine guy was amazing because he told me you only need half the soap they suggest, which again, I didn't know. I experimented. He's absolutely right. He said they tell you to use more soap than you need so you can buy more soap, which makes total sense. So we cut our soap use in half. You save money. So now a gallon of, of detergent, is, the price is split in half because you're only using half of that. So you buy that seven, eight, twenty dollar gallon of detergent that has you know so many cups, 20 cups of detergent in it or something like that. Now you got 40 cups of detergent. So not only are you doing more by the environment, you're getting your clothes clean, you're not wrecking your machine, and you save some dollars. So there you go, right there, there's a plus plus. It's also the easiest thing to make yourself laundry detergent. Is it? Yeah. You just, um, what you do is you use baking soda. I saw it earlier, but it's like all household stuff. Baking soda, um, but you need to like, Put it in the oven at a low temperature so it evaporates the moisture. Yeah. I think it's called like, yeah. So you take that washed baking soda, and then I think you just mix it with water, and it becomes that. That's probably all it is. It's a scam. And then they put all kind of fragrance yeah. and colors in it, and probably put dirt in it just so you have to use more. Who knows what they're doing? Again, you don't have to be paranoid, but just don't trust any of these corporations, government things. Always, you know, be suspicious of them and what their intentions are. They're not there for you, your benefit. They're, they're there for their shareholders and themselves. So you're on your own. So really, uh, Caitlin says, uh, cooked bacon powder and something else. That's a little too much for me. I'm just going to use half the detergent I've been buying. But I heard, have heard something like that. I'm not an expert, so I won't speak on it. And so those are things that we can do is make sure that our environment is renewing and clean. And then when you get into the more subtle environmental issues, have that talk with your kids and your partner about being on healthy schedules. One of the most da damaging things to a family is bringing work home. Uh, if you have younger children, the day sh ideally we shut our day down around 8 o'clock. You have older children, maybe an hour later they can, you can shut the day down and get people used to a harmonious routine where you're not bringing work home, you're not stressed out over work. Um, have family time, it's just such, I really enjoyed Vin, we had a great time with the kids at the park. They were happy, um, we could chill out and get caught up on things. Uh, Becky was hanging out. It, you don't need much more than that. It, I, if you need more stimulus than that, you're mentally ill. You know what I'm saying? So if you're mentally ill, then go to therapy. Find, they have online therapists, now that are pretty good, find one that is a good therapist that doesn't tell you what you want to hear. Because if you know you're seeing a therapist that's good, when you hear stuff you don't want to hear. If they're telling you how great you are and sending you uh, achievement awards and stuff, it's a scam. You need a therapist that tells you that you're not doing things right and you need to straighten your act up. So get them online. Do some therapy once a month. Every, few now, every now and then, even if you don't need it. It's like checking your maintenance on your car. And with that being said, that's the things I could think about. Again, sourcing your food, having your supplementation healthy, um, good quality products, and economically being more frugal with your money as the economy is collapsing. Uh, stretch the dollar. Uh, don't buy new stuff. Take some stuff to Goodwill. Buy some stuff from there. Trade with people. Uh, Caitlin just stole the whole bag of clothes from me that was meant for starving and naked children. And her and Pretty Tony are wearing all the clothes I gave um, her. So it all works out. Yeah, it, it all works out. <laughs> I might even sell some of the good stuff on there. There you go. That's cool. If you want to knock it out. See, Caitlin, I gave her a bag of clothes to give to the starving naked women. 
and children of the world, and she just decided to make a profit. I'm not mad at her for that, because in the long run, it helps the environment. Either way, you did a good deed, and there was no sweat off you, other than a little bit of your time. Right, Kay? Yeah, it's or good. it's going to go to the, the Jewish Women's Council thrift store. So, either way, you're benefiting. People. Yeah, okay. So, that's great. Um, I don't know what the organization that is, but hopefully they don't help hate the Palestinians. So, those are things I can think about, Van. Yeah, it's interesting what you mentioned. And when I'm listening to you talk about the environment, I always think about that picture you showed me, Z, your Uncle Dunda in the Congo, mm -hmm. who lives away from civilization and lives more in the forest. And this dude is, what is he? He's in his 80s, mid-80s? Yeah, yeah, he's late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I saw this picture a few years ago. But the guy is ripped. No body fat. He's fit. He's got muscle. He puts you to shame, Z. Yeah. And he's 20 years older than you. Yeah. Or, or more than that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's about 25 years older than me. And uh, he's healthier than I am. I have another uncle uh, that's the same way. They, they rejected society. They retired, moved out close to the, the wilderness. Uh, they live off the land, keep it real simple. Um, you know, maybe they have a couple of girlfriends come in every now and then and hang out. Um, but they're fit. They have a, a set kind of personal practice. And there's no end in sight. I think when they pass away, they'll just turn the lights off and say, I'm just kind of fed up with what's going on here. I'm going on to do something more interesting. But they have no cognitive decline. They're what they call super agers. And you can see the ravages of city dwelling and urban dwelling and being in densely populated areas and also the mass insanity that's out there that you need to, we, we, we do ourselves a favor by having some sort of sanctuary away from all that because we don't want to normalize. Look, traffic jams are normal, but they're not healthy. The stress of just getting in traffic Right, And you know that when you get away. It's like, wow. Or the stress of going places and people are pushing and angry. Or the stress of being around large groups of unhealthy people. Because they're all wounded animals. And wounded animals are aggressive, angry, and quick, quick to anger. So all of that stuff. And so when we create first our inner environment, which is within ourselves, where we find peace with ourselves... And then we start to create that beautiful feng shui of our life. That is what we can control. That is what we have the most, uh, uh, the greatest ability to manage, right? And that's where we want to be. Yeah, it gets back to something that I've thought about in the past, which is why are people so unsatisfied with life? Uh, we talk about uh, adrenaline junkies, uh, people who want to go bungee cord jumping or climb Mount Everest and do all these amazing things except live. So just the day-to-day -day living is too difficult, it's too much. And maybe part of the reason for that is uh, this environmental topic that we've been covering. Because if your environment isn't good, if you don't have the right habits, the routines, you're not getting rest, you're poisoning yourself with your food and your water, you're taking psychotropic drugs through the water supply, and it's messing up your perception of reality, <laughs> then it doesn't feel good to be alive. Uh, I, you want to get away from that. And I think about a friend, Z. Uh, there's a friend of mine over here who has been off of alcohol now for maybe a month and a half uh, for the first time since he was a teenager. So it's been 30 years or something like that, maybe more. And it's kind of like if you go through that period of time with that dependence, you don't know what it's like to be sober. You don't know what the alternative is. So it's not until you change these conditions that you say, oh my God, I can breathe. I actually feel good. My head is clear. I don't have any throbbing pains or aches anywhere. I feel rested. I feel ready to go. I'm vital. It's a totally different way of existing. And I felt that at times, I mean, I kind of joked at the beginning that I feel like I come back to New York and I'm dying it hasn't been that bad, uh, but uh, there were a couple of days which were rough. I didn't feel good at all. I felt completely exhausted. 
I had to sleep a lot. And then I got past that. And it's like my entire perspective on life changes uh, because of my physical condition, which feeds back into my mental condition. So these environmental considerations, I think, are really important. I like what you've outlined. Uh, I mean, just that basic awareness of food and water makes a lot of sense. Uh, some of the other things around filtering the air, uh, filtering the shower, that's something I hadn't heard before. It's kind of like once you get into it, you almost don't want to know. You're better off knowing because then you can do something about it. But it's so horrific. It's so horrifying that these are the conditions that we're living in. It's a shock to the system. But maybe the flip side of that is that once you address the shock and get by it, it's got an equally big impact on your well-being uh, because you've gone from, as you're saying, showering in toilet water and uh, drinking you know, pharmaceuticals uh, to being in more of a healthy environment. Uh, so I, I do like all the recommendations. And it, to me, a big part of this is the, is, is the system. I mean, we're talking about a holistic system. You mentioned that family environment, the home being a unit. Having a well-functioning environment means that you have to get all of those pieces synchronized. So you've got, you need the external environment set. You need the internal environment set. You need agreement with your partner on things like routines, as you're talking about, uh, food choices, vacations, how do we spend our time, who do we spend our time with. Uh, because what I found, and I know you've gone through some of these challenges as well, if you're not on the same page, especially when you have kids, it becomes very difficult. I mean, it's very hard to just go through your routines and control your part of an environment when you've got a family, you've got a spouse, you've got kids, you can't just section yourself off from from the rest of the world. You, you got to make sure that whatever that unit is, is self-contained and it's operating at a high level. So any thoughts on that, Z? I mean, are, are there ways uh, or maybe just share some of your experience? Yeah, those are, are things that you can see real quick that will affect your inner environment is when your external environment has a loss of synchronicity. Um, for those of you who are partnered up or have kids, uh, just being on the same page or within the same vector of consciousness as how to handle and manage the time with the kids. Of course, the mom and dad have different vibes with the kids, but inevitably at the end of the day, the mom and dad should be in complete sync or the kids will manipulate you in a way and then you'll be fighting, arguing. And that, that puts a drain on your energetic resources. It destroys your inner environment. Um, being aware of the boundaries with people um, and hopefully striving for a time where the best part of your day is being at home with your beloved. When you can get to that, that part of the environmental issue is resolved, then you can do greater things. Um, it's important to listen and practice because what you learn in, in your home life, you take it out into the world. Um, if you're unsafe at home, then you will never have comfort in the world. So resolve those things when they're small and stage by stage. Again, that's why I think that having a therapist or somebody, either one or both of the people having counsel of someone who is wise. And since we don't live in a community of elders, Uncle Dunda's not here to console us and keep us in check. We have to find other like people. I listen to elders and friends, and sometimes it's not even advice. It's just ideas and experiences they've had that they share that give me tools and resources to navigate through difficult or challenging moments and hopefully we can deal with those small fires when they're small and that not, not to let them get out of hand and become raging blazes, which require more resources to address. Also, as you become more mature, not yearning for the past, really enjoying uh, the moment. I, 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 I share a funny observation I have. I was, <clears throat> I was in a store one day and waiting in line, and a woman asked me a question about health or something. She saw me in the scrubs. We started talking, and it just had a great conversation. It was a very attractive, uh, energetically and physically beautiful woman. And I said, nice talking to you. I said, you know, you're really beautiful. And she said, oh, I'm just so, nobody's told me that in 20 years. And I realized at that moment that as I've matured, I see beauty in the whole of a being, right? She had taken care of herself. She was 
fit and she was open hearted and it just made her beautiful. And that beauty was like looking at flowers. It wasn't the typical kind of lusty mouth watering beauty that, uh, that, that, that you have a problem with Vin. It was just like, wow, that was just a beautiful feminine energy. And I would say for women, if you cultivate that, that's a very powerful thing to cultivate. Be fit of body, be fit of mind, and be joyful of heart, right? And there's something so attractive about that. And when, as, a, as just a regular old dinosaur dude, you feel vibrant when you're around feminine energy, right? It's just a good thing. It's like, well, I'm a man. That's what it feels like. It's like, hey, I'm a dude. And I feel good because that's how we reference one another. And I say that because in the environment we live in, people don't value, oftentimes we don't value enough, the flowers of nature, the blossoms of nature, like, like being in the forest, how beautiful that is. Watching the ocean, how beautiful that is. A moonlit night and watching the stars, but also all the creations of the divine. Another human being. Why, why the divine engineer of the universe made the symmetry of women and men such so that we want to be near each other. Why they made puppies and babies so attractive so we would want to care for them. And I think about that beauty from a point of view of this part of divinity. Like, wow, that's puppies are cute because you make, they make you want to take care of them. They grow up to be vicious animals that may attack and kill you. But when they're little, they just eat, just like your children. Right? Um, when they're little and cute, it's like, oh, I just want to cuddle you. Maybe they grow up and become God knows what kind of serial killer, but you will nurture them in that moment. And all of this, and as we, a wise, a person who is wise from their years has a very elegant and noble presence that people want to be around them. So that's our environment. Those things we can cultivate. And as we, move through this life, there's more. We, 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 we find more beauty, more reasons to be here. You know what I mean, Vin? Yeah, the reason to be here, I agree with you. I mean, some of the things that we've been talking about through this discussion, just being together at the times that we were hanging out in California with the family, it was a nice sunny day outside. It was great. I mean, it was really just great. One, I always love seeing my kids have a good time. Being around them gives me a certain peace. It's a sense that that all is right with the world. Like I know that they're healthy, they're happy, they're doing their thing. It's great. I love being around that. Having that, coupling that with being outside, being by the beach, you got the air, you got the sunshine. I love that. Being with you, being with Becky, hanging out with people that I care very deeply about. Yeah, it's fantastic. And having that, I guess there, there are two parts to what you're saying, Z. One is cultivating an environment where the things that we care about are in close proximity. So we've talked about the uh, physical environment, but maybe an extension of that physical environment is, do we have the routines in place, the disciplines in place, so that we can do more of the things that give us value and cut out the activities and the people that just drain us and deplete us and make us angry. Uh, so do we really need to be on online all the time? Do we really need to hear political commentary that's going to get us riled up? Uh, do we need to hang out with people who are going to give us some sob story or some drama and we come out of it and God, we just feel like we've gone 10 rounds because it's so difficult sitting in a room hearing someone complain uh, for two hours. That's part of the environment as well. Uh, so creating that, that space, I think is important. But the second part of what you're saying, Z, is just having that natural appreciation. And and maybe it is a function of age. You know, it's interesting. I've never thought of myself as that old, and I'm still not old. I guess I'm middle-aged at this point. Uh, but maybe just the natural process of getting older does give you a certain maturity and perspective because I've been feeling a lot of that lately. I've been feeling that it's just cool to be. It's just cool to be around people that I care about, to be in the presence of someone where... I can share with an open heart where I don't have to worry about judgment. I don't have to worry about drama. 
it's great to just be outside. It's a recognition that someone might come up and shoot me in the back of the head because I live in New York City, but until that happens, I'm happy to be here. And even if that does happen, hopefully I go out with a smile on my face um, uh, because it, it's just cool. It's just cool to exist. Uh, so, yeah, anything we can do to, to cultivate that perspective, I feel, is important because then it's not just the environment itself. It's what are we getting out of that environment? And to get something out of the environment, we've got to be receptive. Uh, we have to be open. We have to be present. And uh, that comes to uh, some of the the things we've talked about, like, uh, like just being grateful, uh, just being here. We're just having the perspective that we're not entitled to anything, that all this is eventually going to disappear. So, hell, if it's all going to go and I'm here now, and it's in front of me now, let me enjoy it. Let me bask in it. Let me revel in it. I don't need to run away from it and try and find something better. Uh, so, yeah, Z, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, so let's go out there and then just follow some of these ideas, see what they take you. If anybody else has anything to share, shoot us a email, um, join into conversation, and let's take care of our environment and our environment. Just be happy. All right. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace. Peace.